Royals head to Tampa Bay tonight to open a series against the hottest team in baseball, the Rays. They've won 11 straight. But the Royals are feeling pretty chipper themselves these days, having answered a long losing streak with six victories in their last nine. We talk about the hot, cold, and now hot again Royals today on Sportsbeat KC with star columnists Sam Mellinger and Vahe Gregorian. The show started as a Sportsbeat Live, and we'll thank you right here for putting up with some of our technical issues. After a break, we get into the Royals' opening of Kauffman Stadium to full capacity, starting with the next homestand, and how teams are handling COVID-19 vaccinations. All of that today on Sportsbeat KC. Let's get started. Hey, good morning, and welcome to Sportsbeat Live, where we talk Royals with you and the fine folks at the Kansas City Star that I'm lucky enough to call my colleagues before introducing them. Let me invite you to present a heartfelt invitation for you to join this conversation. Send us your questions and comments and talk Royals with us. And before we get started, let's thank our sponsor, the University of Kansas Health System. We'll hear from them later in the show. So this is the point where I switch screens and see who all my buddies are who join me on today's show. Oh, there's Sam with his, uh, with his mic muted. So Sam, I hope you, <laughs> I hope you're, um, you're going to get this figured out. And, uh, I don't think there's anything better I can do to help you, but you're looking, you're looking good. And um, <laughs> and uh, we just got the text message that Sam's internet went out. So it's just you and I. Um, listen, uh, Lynn Worthy, who the Stars beat writer who covers uh, the, the Royals for us on a, on a daily basis, he is on his way to Tampa Bay and uh, will report on the Royals Rays series. Uh, looking forward to that. And Vahe Gregorian will join us sometime during the show. Vahe had an appointment this morning. And, um, and so we'll be joined here by Sam pretty soon. I'll tell you what we'll do though. Uh, we'll get things started with a, uh, a little bit of a highlight. The, um, the, 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 the last pitch thrown to a Royals batter, uh, <laughs> since, uh, this happened on Sunday, Beth, let's, let's roll it and see what happened on Sunday, how the Royals ended up beating the Detroit Tigers. Now, Carlos Santana at the plate. In well, center field, Jones back, it's a goner, and the Royals win it! Walked off Santana! Come through. First pitch, that ball is down and away at 97. He supplied the power. No question, did Fulmer. Easy swing, and the ball jumped, and the crowd is going home happy here. To salute the Negro Leagues weekend. A no doubter. So how about that? The Royals walked off the Detroit Tigers three to two on, on Sunday afternoon. And hey Sam, how you doing, buddy? I mean, it was literally like five seconds after you started talking, and then the internet just goes out for. A, I have no idea why. Hey, it happens. It happens. So, I'm, yeah. I'm glad to see you. Glad you're here. We just watched a clip of the Carlos Santana 
walk-off home run. Yeah, man. And look, Beth and I were talking before we went on the air. It's it, the, the clip actually included the the first part of the radio broadcast. That's Denny Matthews, and then uh, and then it, it, it's uh, Steve Fiziak and Rex Huddler called the, the the second part of this home run. So they just kind of meshed the clips together. And it occurred to me when I when I heard that th- those are moments that don't happen that often in baseball. And if you're an announcer, you better get it right. You know, that's it's one you you don't want to botch. Um, and I, they actually did a pretty good job. I don't know if you've ever if, if you have gotten to hear the the, the call, but uh, mm-hmm. anyway, they did, did did a nice job. And I was actually in Western Kansas listening to the game on the radio and heard Denny Matthews call. And what was really interesting about it was, uh, so the ninth inning begins, the Royals are down two to one. Merrifield leads off the ninth and Denny is, Hey, Vahe is Vahe Gregorian has joined us. (laughs) Mike check Vahe, Mike check. (laughs) Uh, I was going to stop at Sam's house. One, two, three. I was going to go over to Sam's house for this. Whoa. In the neighborhood. He's pulling what we like. That's what we like to call a bador. <laughs> yes, that's right. He, he's bedoring right now. Yeah, adoring bedoring. Uh, so uh, anyway, I was talking. We we're talking about the uh, the game on Sunday, the walk off. You were there, so I wanted to get your impressions. But first, I I was explaining. I was out in Western Kansas, driving home and listening to the broadcast on on the radio and Denny Matthews actually opened the ninth with a premonition that the Royals were going to win the game because the Tigers had squandered so many scoring opportunities earlier in the game. And when those start to pile up, you just get a feeling for it. So, you know, um, salute to, to Denny Matthews who has seen a baseball game or two in his career and kind of knows uh, to, to trust his feelings in situations like that. He actually sounded good. And, that was absolute no doubter by Carlos Santana. I can't remember the last time, not the last time the Royals walked off, but the last time they reversed a deficit into a walk-off win. That that doesn't happen too often. It, it was really, uh, it was really interesting because, in, in one sense, you sort of you could see, uh, you know, that the, the Tigers had given them a chance, right? The Royals had kind of hung in there. The Tigers kind of allowed them to hang in there, and if you just scratch together something, it might it might work out, but. You also sort of felt like it had the makings of one of those just days that never happened. <laughs> you know, it, it just three hits and, and you know, tedious. And they, they leave that homestand with a dud loss. And, um, so once Merrifield got on, though, you could, kind of, you could kind of feel a little something stirring. And uh, you might want to check me on this with Lynn Worthy, but I, I did refer to Santana as being a key at bat. Uh, to Lynn next next to me, I, I didn't really know what that meant. I didn't I didn't probably mean home run any more than I thought possible double play, um, but it was it was great and it was uh, it was a big moment as this team kind of keeps trying to sort of explain who it is to us. Yeah, well, first of all, I'm glad you went on, on out on a limb and called it a key at bat. Um, you know, down one in the ninth with right. <laughs> with what are you all great on base guys up to the road. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was bold. Kind of, just like calling a shot. What could you say? <laughs> Danny and Bahe both. I got a feel for this game, you know? <laughs> uh, 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 hey, but well, you were right. You nailed it. Um, and, uh, uh, it, 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 I think it was, I think it turns out to be an important win. First of all, the Tigers, 
you know, after after sweeping the Royals, or you know, the previous time that they met and winning the was it the first game of the series they won with the the uh, uh, the, the Cabrera Grand Slam off of um, off of Holland. Yeah. I think the Royals yeah. kind of needed to make a stand against uh, a team that they are uh, that we, we we think they're clearly better than, and to win a series. Look, I just thought. I didn't know what to think. The, the 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 series sweep by the Tigers came during that 11 game losing streak and was maybe the low point of that low point of the season for the Royals. But they, they you know they win the game and 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 walk off fashion. It feels good. And before we get too much farther down the line, with the importance of the game in the series. Let's hear what Carlos Santana had to say about his big moment. What was it like going up there in the ninth inning in that situation? I mean, uh, you know, it's a tough game. Um, we tried to figure out tie tie the game and 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 think about winning the game. You know, uh, it's a tough game. Two one ninety. Uh, when I see uh, Murph, he's in the base. So, I mean, I say I'm thinking. I say I want to win the game. Is, is there any nervousness or, I mean, you've been in that situation before. Um. No, no, no. I mean, it's like, I know his tough game. I know his tough situation, but I'm not nervous. I mean, it's, um, I had, uh, that's he, I had that situation before. And, uh, I mean, and I tried to be, uh, uh, keep it, keep it, my body is slow and, and, and focused to making, doing good. Annie? Did you think it was gone off the bat? Today? Did you think Did it was you? gone off the bat? Uh, um, I talked to Savi and, and he told me, and I'm doing good, but, you know, he's a land drive and, and, and I'm running for, for something happened, try to make him, go to second or third, but I know and I'm making good content. You guys had, had struggled really to get anything going off of uh, their starter today. Uh, how much confidence did you have in your offense to uh, kind of come back there in the late innings? Uh, I mean, we confident. We never, never put a head down. Um, I know we lost 11 games straight, but it's in the past. We forgot, we think it one day at a time, one game at a time. And, and, and you know, we do what we can do. I mean, it's a long season. Sometimes we go, sometimes we bad. But if you mentally and, and keep it help up, um, I think we, we're doing good. Okay, that was Carlos Santana talking about his walk-off moment on Sunday. Baja, you were there. And uh, I, you asked the first question of, of Mike Matheny. I thought this was interesting. I, you wanted to capture the moment of uh, uh, you know, that, that Santana provided and sort of a big picture question, which you, know, you eventually got the answer to, I think, after asking it a second or third time. But Mike Matheny went right into like Chris Bubich and, you know, wanted to wanted to talk about, you know, the, the pitching and, and overcoming uh, some some issues early for him, and 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 I just thought it was interesting how Matheny wanted to drill down on 
uh, on a question that was, I think, a little more intended, uh, tended to be a little more broader. Yeah, I, I think that's right, Blair. I think part of what happened was that uh, I think the manager comes out usually expecting to talk about the starting pitcher right away. Seems like just part of the part of the deal. And so he kind of went with it from uh, the way he was going to go instead of with where the pitch came. Um, but but actually, the other thing that happened was I think he was explaining something that was meaningful because I was sort of asking about you know what what the whole spectrum of emotions was in in a win like that especially with him being kicked out and all that other stuff going on and i i think what he was trying to do is just sort of make a point that, that stuck with me which was you know the win wasn't just about that moment right i mean if if Bubich doesn't get out of the first uh after you know we left the bases load the bases were loaded after four of the first five guys uh got hit two runs were in he got out of that with not too much damage, just two two runs, and that was that was that was it for the Tigers. And you know what it took to get to that, and uh, even uh, the pinch hit, uh, the sacrifice by uh, Hanser Alberto, just th little things like that that kept them nibbling away and kind of right there. I think that was part of the point he was trying to make. Yeah. Yep. Well, look, the the the, the victory gave the Royals uh, the the two out of three, and you tack on the the two that they swept from Milwaukee prior to that. So four out of five on the homestand, and they've won six out of nine following the eleven game losing streak, uh, following the sixteen and nine record that for for a moment was the best record in baseball. Is this is this officially a tale of two teams? I mean, are we? Um, what, what does having the best record in baseball followed by the worst losing streak in baseball this year, followed by a, you know, a manageable uh, result against teams that they should you know, match up well against, uh, it leaves them 22 and 23 going into tonight's game at Tampa Bay. But, Sam, what is, what's, the, what's the conclusion about uh, the, the, the wild swings on this Royals team? Yeah, you know what's funny is um, I've had a couple conversations with people, um, you know, in the front office or whatever, and I think they're trying to figure that out. You know what I mean? Like I think they're trying to figure out exactly what this team is. They 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 had some high expectations, um, not like Dodger expectations, but you know, this is a team that they expected to win. And uh, and I think the sixteen and nine, they were thinking, okay, um, this is maybe a better start. Than we anticipated, especially with, uh, you know, some of the underperformances and, and Mondesi's injury, which there may be some news coming, by the way. Um, there, the, this, this may be a big game tonight um, is all I'm saying in, in that regard. And, um, and I think like, so overall being right at 500, a game below when Mondesi is, is set to return, I think is, is a good thing, but God, they got to get that bullpen fixed. You know, they, they cannot get through, hundred and what would it be 117 more games uh, you know with with the bullpen the way it is now they need the starters to go a little bit deeper and they need some more guys to step up and be reliable because you, you just can't make it work with two guys that you can trust and and that's the biggest deal and, and modesty will make a big difference he'll make them better defensively he'll make them better athletically uh, you know th there'll be a week or 10 days or 14 days where he carries them offensively. Um, you know, like the, the same way, what, which game was it that, that Michael A. Taylor just flat out won? Was it, was it one of the Milwaukee games? One of the Milwaukee, yeah. 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 Where, where he, he hit the home run and he robbed the, the home run and, yep. uh, you know, Mondesi will have some games like that. He'll have more 
like that. So, um, you know, this is a team that can expect to get better, um, but they can't, <laughs> they're not going to be better if they don't get the bullpen fixed. And, and look, it would be, it would behoove them to start that tonight because yeah. they're, <laughs> they're matching up against a Rays team that not only has won 11 in a row, but in seven of those games, they've scored at least nine runs. Yeah. Uh, they are killing the ball. They, they just swept the Blue Jays, a good Blue Jays team and hung 14 on them. And, uh, in an 11-inning victory yesterday. Uh, I, the Rays are the type of team that can wear out a pitching staff and maybe affect it for you know, games beyond the series. It's, um, you know, you, it's, it is really important for starters to go deep, deeper into games and, and what we've seen for most of the season, you know, into the sixth, into the seventh inning for these starters. Um, some you know, good news this past week, the Royals did get Kyle Zimmer back. And what a... You know, Every time he takes the mound, I'm thinking, you know, this it's it's a, um, you know, first first of all, personal victory for Zimmer, but I also feel confident, right? He's one of the few guys that you feel confident in when when he takes the mound in, in relief for the Royals. Hey, Mike Garcia, uh, greetings from Puerto Rico, Mike. Good morning, and uh, thanks for tuning in. Listen, he uh, Mike says Royals players might have some fond memories of Tropicana Field. Um, how can we forget Carlos Beltran 100th career home run on August 9th, 2003? I don't remember that. That's great, Mike. Or, or Salvi's MLB debut. I do remember that he made his debut there. And, of course, Danny Duffy breaking the Royals record for strikeouts in a game with 16. So what's the next feat the Royals will accomplish in St. Pete? I don't know. But uh, those, are some, those are some darn good ones. I'd, um, I can remember during the, the – um, during the Royals' run in the post uh, in fourteen and thirteen, fourteen and fifteen, they they had some a lot of success at Tropicana Field. Uh, not not as much lately. So uh, Brian Hall comments the Roy the Rays were the one team that they felt like it completely overmatched the Royals so far this year. Um, true, uh, true. Uh, but but didn't correct me if I'm wrong. Did the Royals? avoid getting swept by the Rays? Didn't they win the final game of that series? Or am I thinking something else? Yeah, I think that's right. And and um, the, the thing that stuck out to me about that series was just that, like, um, the, the Royals had to play perfect. You know, they couldn't and, – and maybe I'm BS here because the, the game that they won, they actually made an error or two. But the, it, it just – what it looked like to me very much was, like, one team that just had a kind of a thin path and, and th- everything had to go right. Um, and if it didn't, then the Rays, they're not going to let you, you know, get to many 3-0 counts. You know, like uh, they're, they're, they're a team that's going to, um, you know, win on those margins. Um, and they're and, and the thing is, like, they don't even have like they have the Wander Franco has been the best prospect in baseball for what seems like forever. Right. And they're still calling him up. You know what I mean? They're, right. <laughs> they're 28 and 19 or whatever their record is. And, and they've got more dudes, you know, who are being blocked right now. Um, it's really an incredibly well-run organization. I think they're up to 30 and 19 uh, with, with this 11-game winning streak. It, it's incredible. Um, and let's go back. That, that game um, that the Royals did win in, back in April, they won 9-8. to eight. They Salvi got a that was a stretch where Salvi was playing really well. He got a walk off single. Yeah, the the race scored one in the top of the ninth to take the lead, and the Royals scored two in the bottom of the ninth to win the game nine to eight. So um, at least they they had some uh, it's a team they they've defeated already this year. So um, 
Okay, Beth, let's take a break. And when we come back, we've got some, uh, we've got some other topics we need to cover. So let's take this break and hear from the University of Kansas Health System. The Kansas City Royals lineup is backed up by the region's strongest team in healthcare. The University of Kansas Health System. We both suit up with one goal in mind, to win. The University of Kansas Health System, official healthcare provider of the Royals. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Hey, we're back talking with Sam Elliger and Vahir Gregorian. We're talking Royals with you as well. Please send us your questions and comments, and we'll get them on the air. So, yep, Royals uh, at the Trop for, for a, a short series, and they come home next week, and for the first time, uh, a full capacity will be allowed at Hoffman Stadium. I guess the better way to say it is there is no limitation on attendance for for the games from now on. And it's been a gradual increase of percentages at allowed at Hoffman Stadium. I, what did we start at? Uh, some, something below 50% and now 50% uh, uh, currently. And they've had a couple of crowds that were seemed to be around half the stadium, 16,000, 17,000. And starting with, uh, I think it's the Pirates that come in uh, early next week, and that's going to be the first time that the Royals will allow full capacity at Coffin Stadium. So we have uh, we've reached a kind of a threshold, and it'll be fantastic to see bigger crowds at the day. I'll I'll be curious I'll be curious to see uh, just how many seats are filled and, and how comfortable people are uh, going to be out there. But let's let's just talk about. Um, the, the notion of crowds at, at Kauffman Stadium. Sam, I know that you, uh, I remember it was last uh, late, was it last fall that you went to a Sporting Kansas City game? It was the first time you had been to an event where fans had been allowed in at all. And even though it was just a couple of thousand, that made a big impression on you. It was unbelievable. And, and um, I think it was 2,500 or 2,300 or something like that. And, um, it's one of those things where expectations matter. You know what I mean? And I walked in there kind of thinking, ah, whatever. It'll be cool to see some fans, but it's 2,000 people in a stadium that holds, what's that place, about 20? You know, it's going to feel yeah, like right at 20. Yeah. JV, you know, high school game or something like that. And um, it didn't at all. And and there's a science behind that that, that people have, have pointed out to me. There's some sort of, I don't know what, what it's called, but there's a science that, 20,000 people do not make 10 times as much noise as 2,000 people. It's just, I don't know what it is, but that's this. And anyway, just that spontaneous cheering of just like complete strangers who are, for the most part, who are bonded by this thing that's happening in front of them. 
and nobody knows that in 10 seconds now they're all yelling and cheering it is um it was it like overtook me and like uh and even i mean literally like i'm getting like goosebumps just talking about like how that felt and um you know what i felt that the other day um i'll I'll do this real quick since this is a royals podcast but flipping between the golf the pga on um on sunday oh the phil yeah in the crowd on the 18th and all that and then when that was over i flipped over in the in the knicks hawks game and and madison square garden sounded like John Starks, you know, in, in the yeah. 1990s teams. And, and like, I haven't heard that sort of noise on TV in a while. And, um, you know, next on Monday, you know, they're not going to have 38,000. That's going to be a sellout um, against the Pirates. But I do think it's cool that I don't know how many people will be there, but it'll be more than than have been. And and it's just there's just something mental about, you know, no limitations. You know, let's do this like. You know, it's been a long road for everybody, and it's just a. And there, I, I get corny and romantic and all that stuff about baseball too. And I'm just, I'm, I just, I can't wait. And and sporting is going to have their first no limitations crowd. Um, I think they play Saturday night, right? So it's just, I think it's right. We're getting back. Yeah, yeah, we're getting back. It's it's um, it's it's a gradual thing, not like an opening day uh, where you know, boom, it's just. Um, uh, you know, just you, you, you schedule the date, everybody comes, and you know it's going to be 37, 38,000. It's just been a gradual increase, yeah. Um, which it, it probably you know, the way it had to be done in, in, in the pandemic. I don't know, I find myself thinking a little bit about you know, uh, is everybody going to be comfortable coming back? Will there be mm-hmm. what, what's the percentage of, of fans who I don't want to say season ticket holders, but kind of regular Royals, uh, you know. Uh, Fans who who just still will stay away, or uh, or certainly you know if you go, you're going to wear masks if if you're not comfortable with it. I think we're going to see some element of that as well. Yeah, I don't. There's no question. We all come from different places on this, and and we're all guessing to some to some degree. But what I think about even more than people who are just like crowds, not for me, not yet, and that's obviously there. Um, but I also think about like we've all had to like create new habits. And, you know, like, and we've gotten used to a certain, you know, doing different things, whether it's just being on the deck more or bike, ride, whatever, like we, we just created new habits. And, and um, I don't think you can just like do it like that. And everybody all of a sudden is going to want to go. There'll be some of that. You know, I think there's some people who cannot wait and would pay, you know, absorbent amounts of money just to go experience a baseball game in person without crowd limitations, all that. But it, yeah, I mean, there's. We've all handled the last 15 months or whatever differently. And I think there's a lot of people who um, are freaked out about crowds, but there's just a lot of other people. Who've been, you know what? I've started to do different things and I've, I've got different different ways to do it. Yeah, look, I know it's a small thing, but we have our pile of masks by a little table near our front door, just so you won't forget to take one out as you as you leave. And it's just going to be getting used to not even pick, you know, getting used to not picking one up as you as you leave the door at some point. That'll that'll happen for for people in my house. So, um, look, part part of it, is what we're talking about, has to do with vaccinations. And Vahe Vahe wrote a great column about this. Yeah. Um, uh, so we're we are efforting or endeavoring to get Vahe back. And oh, uh, we, I think he's on the threshold. If this were in, in his, you know, in his parlance, if this were Star Trek, he'd be phasing in, and uh, he's he's almost here. But hey, just jump in when you can. We're talking about vaccinations and teams' approaches, and Bahe is gone again. But 
All right, Sam, it's just you and I. Yep. Uh, we will. Uh, uh, the. Just my dog is barking. That's good. Yeah, we thought Vahe was going to help us out here, but, but no, ahead. no. <laughs> Couldn't, um, but like I said, Bahe wrote a terrific column about this, where uh, he, you know, spoke to Dayton Moore, talked to uh, University of Missouri coaches, you know, got quotes from Bill Self, and we've heard from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes about this, about the, uh, you know, about vaccinations, and you know, I, was, I heard some stats this weekend. I think in the, in the United States, we're, we're approaching thirty-nine percent of people fully vaccinated, and sixty uh, percent of people with at least one of the shots. Um, sports is a sports has an, has an interesting platform for this um, because well, one of the reasons is uh, the eighty five percent rule that we're seeing in Major League Baseball. Right, if if teams can reach eighty five percent of immunization with with the shots, uh, they, they can relax rules. And that's what their players, front office personnel, I assume it's people around the dugout. Um, so. Uh, Hey, Vahe, you with us? He's getting there. All right. Uh, we'll continue. We'll, we'll carry on. Um, so not, not every baseball team, in fact, less than half of baseball teams are not at that 85% threshold. And we heard over the, was it over the weekend from the Chicago Cubs general manager who's disappointed that it's moving so slowly with his club. I think I saw it was 14 out of 30 teams that were at 85%. And I don't think the Royals are one of those 14 teams. So it's just a, uh, I I don't, I don't know how to describe it. It's, it's the, the ultimate individual decision, whether to get a vaccine and yet it affects so many other people besides yourself in the, you know, in the clubhouse and the dugout and we're not talking about fans anymore. We're just talking about these teams. And I wonder uh, if, if we're going to see something like teams that are uh, th- that have surpassed this eighty-five percent threshold being, I don't know, a little more successful than than teams that um, you know that, that that don't approach that and might have some some you know some issues with teammates who, who aren't getting vaccines. I don't know if you've talked to anybody about this, Sam, but I've, I've, I find it a you know it's certainly a an interesting time and place for, for baseball. Yeah, there's no question. I've, I've talked to he, here and there, but um, learned a lot from reading that column that you're referencing that Vahe wrote the other day. And um, it sounds to me like the Royals are handling it the way that these things should be handled. And, and I don't think the Royals are, are like on a pedestal here. I think most teams are probably handling it in, in a similar way, which is um, you can't demand, you know, like you just – you can't and and you shouldn't and uh you know research with human behavior you know like you're more likely to be able to convince somebody of your case uh by being uh understanding empathetic you know not demanding because then that just pushes them further away and if somebody doesn't want to get it for whatever reason then that's you know it's their choice but it is i think what you're talking about like the incentives i mean it's a competitive it's a it's a tangible competitive advantage you know if, if there's a break if, if there's a breakout like with the yankees that, that we've seen and you know um they didn't have to do what teams did last year um you know when when there was a an outbreak um of cases and and it was you know mild symptoms some had no symptoms and um you know that's that's the vaccine working so um you know i think that that'll be a huge test right like if if you're on a team and uh 
and, and you're below that 85% threshold and there's an outbreak and you got the vaccine, but now people who didn't are getting it and the team has to get shut down. And now you're in a hotel room, you know, like, and, and, and the season's paused and all these things. I think that's, um, that, that could create some conflict, you know? Yeah. But again, like there's no, you, you got, you got to respect other people's decisions on this. I think if, if you're, if you're on a team with them. You do, you do, and I think, but but I think the people who are deciding not to get vaccinated have to understand that they they're they're having they're affecting people other than themselves oh, yeah. in, in this in this scenario. And you know, we talk about sports as a uh, the, the life lessons of of sports, and one of which is camaraderie and you know team building and and all that. And uh, this is uh, you know con- confronted with a situation that nobody in the history of sports, at least in the last hundred years, have had to deal with. Um, this might be the ultimate test of th- that sort of togetherness of a, of a team. Mm-hmm. And it's happening in baseball now, but these, these rules are apply- going to apply to the NFL as well and in um, and, and other sports. So we'll I see what happens. Think, real quick, I, I do think in the NFL, um, I think we'll see more vaccines in the NFL. I just think that um, – there's more of a fall in line culture uh, in football and, um, and, and it's also, you know, fewer different cultures and, you know, it's more of this for the most part, these are American kids that all went to college and just, you know, have a somewhat similar, I get their city kids, there's country kids, suburban kids, all that. Um, but, you know, there, there's uh, less sort of cultural diversity um, and, and there's more, um, again, more kind of top down, listen to your coach, do what everybody says sort of culture than there is in baseball. So I, I wonder if the NFL will have, um, you know, a higher vaccine rate than we've seen in major league baseball so far. That's an interesting point. And of course the NFL as, as it had the advantage last year in timing has an advantage this time in timing as well. Um, yeah. at least when it comes to the start of, of the season. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Uh, let's, let's end it here. And Sam, I really appreciate you uh, jumping on and sticking around and uh, Lynn Worthy like I said uh, on the road to Tampa Bay where he'll cover the, the series starting tonight. Vahigorian spent some time with us had a few technical issues but that's okay and uh, it happens and big thanks of course to to Beth Welsh our producer and the University of Kansas Health System please join us again at this time next week Tuesdays at 10 a.m. where we talk Royals with you all and enjoy your comments and questions as well. So take care and we'll see you again a week from today. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to Sam Mellinger and Vahe Gregorian for stopping by and talking Royals. Links to their columns and Royal stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Got another deal for you. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online version of the Star Sports section. You get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star, plus many more stories that appear only on the website, like Mellinger Minutes. And they certainly all appear first on the website. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month, unless you cancel. And heck, even $5.99 a month. That's a good deal. How do you get it? You go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. You want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. 
You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional national news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. If you're having trouble hunting down any of those offers, you send me an email, bkirkoff at kcstar.com, and I'll get you to the right place. So whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting in supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports Beat KC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Wednesday with another episode.